He's my everything. He's my everything. As we go into prayer, Father God, in your precious name, as simply as you want is us. You you just you say just give me you. Just give. And as we give ourselves unto you, Lord, Father God, those in the sound of my voice, Father. Oh, Father God, you bless the service, Father God, to be done according to your perfect will, Father. Because it's all about you and what you want to do, Lord. Father God, let us have attentive ears, those who are here and theirs online, Father. Attentive ears to what you are saying to them, that you're speaking to each and every one of us, Father God. But are we listening? That is what you're saying, are we listening? So, Father God, would I eyes upon you and our ears are open to hear from you father we ask you to move during the service further as you see fit that we step out of the way and allow you to have free reign and do as you will father god let us cry out touch me father touch me father god i i need a touch from you i need something from you father father you know so, Father, 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 as we stretch our hands to you, as we stretch our hearts to you, Father God, as we open up unto you that we realize it's not us, but it's you, Lord. Because we're the ones standing in the need of prayer. We're praying to you, knowing that you have the answers. And then when we... we, when we when we just say the simple word that covers all, Jesus. We just say that name on everything. Jesus. Knowing everything will be alright because we called on your son's name. Jesus. Jesus. You have your way. Have your way. Alright, now I don't know about y'all. I'm ready for service. Yes, we in. We didn't have praise and worship. Oh, I just thank God. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want to welcome any, all, all, all the family that's here. Any visitors? Do we have any visitors here today? First time visitors. Anyone? Amen, amen. Let us greet you, my brother there. Just want to, we have uh, service on Wednesdays. Bible studies on Zoom and here at the church starts at 7. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about y'all. I'm still bubbling over from worship. My, my soul is over joy because the realization of we're our provider. Uh, we just have the understanding. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just want to lift my brother up. Thanks for coming. As we prepare for the word to be fed, our hearts, our minds, and we as we connect our spirit with his spirit, because he's already here. He was just waiting for us to get out the way. As we push past ourselves, so we can see him more clearly, that our ears are opened. And our eyes are upon him. 
Amen. So the next words you will be hearing is from our apostle, David B. Jenkins Sr. Let us greet him with feed us, feed us, feed us. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Somebody left their word. Amen. Oh, that's yours. Amen. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Yes, Lord, we thank you for your goodness, Lord, for your grace over our lives, God, each and every day, God. We know that you are in control and you're in charge, Lord, and that gives us peace. Lord, that we can cast all our cares upon you, Lord, because your words say you care for us, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, you know every sparrow that falls to the ground. And how much more are we than they? So we thank you right now for your goodness, Lord. How you just continue to show yourself strong on this behalf of your saints, God. In our ups and even in our downs, God. You're there. Hallelujah. And you're, you're holding us, God. And you're leading and guiding us as we, we yield ourselves unto you. So we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Even when we didn't deserve it, God. Even when we were doing our own thing, you were still watching out for us. And we, we say thank you. We come with a thankful heart, a grateful heart this morning. Hallelujah. We give you the praise, Lord. We, say, we ask you to have your way in this word, God, that, that you can speak to our hearts and our minds, God, because you're a good, good father. Hallelujah. And you're already working all things for the good of those that love you. The according to your... You say, all work together. And we thank you right now, Lord, because we trust you. You're a God that you cannot lie. So you're making us better. Even in the struggle, you're making us better. Even in the hard times, you're making us better. Even in the blessings, God, you're making us better. If we just trust you. So we thank you and we praise you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Man, before I get into the word this morning, we have just the words to share, amen, coming from our sister Kay, amen. You got a microphone? Amen. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Yes, he is. Amen. He's, he's, he's been on the case. Hallelujah. Got so much on my heart this morning. Hello, can you hear me? Hey, how, how y'all doing? I'm feeling good today. You know what I mean? Amen. And, um, first, Amen. Form, first and foremost, before I start, you know, God told me to just calm down. You know, I'm usually like hyped up. You know, just calm down. It's, calm it's all down, right. Calm down. You know what I mean? And first and foremost, I want to thank God for giving me this opportunity to see y'all through my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like, Amen. it's truly a blessing. I wish that people could see what I see when I come here. You know, the relationships that we build and everything, you know. And I want to thank God for putting me in the position that I'm in right now as far as my mental. You know, my physical is okay. My physical is always okay. 
you know, I can walk, I can talk good, everything work. But my mental, mm. everything that you go through in life is all about mental, okay? And that brings me to say, it's, it's good for what we're thankful for now, but to manifest what we're going to be thankful for in the future. So I have this saying, you know, I'm so grateful now that I have peace. I'm so grateful now that I have the tools to get to where I want to go. I'm so grateful now that I can keep this mindset. That I can continue to move people. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. I'm so grateful now that I have faith in a 100% relationship with God. I'm so grateful now that I will impact a million people. I'm so grateful now that I will impact 10 million people, 20 million people. Because I am special, I know that. I know I'm special. God tell me every day, even when I mess up, he said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a lesson. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make sure you you learn your lesson. But at the end of the day, I'm going to still guide you. And I'm going to put you in a position to where you're still helping somebody out. Because I know I mess up and I, and I got to pay for it. I'm like, oh, my God, man. You know, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have did that. Well. But God like, all right, I see you. But here you go. I'm going I'm to set you back up. Right? It's times where I wanted my dream to work so bad. I want my dream to work my, so bad. I'm so grateful now that my dream is going to work, my vision, that I would dream about it. And as soon as I got off track, I stopped having them dreams. Mm. He would literally talk to me. He said, Kay, you know you got, you know you want to be a millionaire, don't you? I said, yeah. He said, okay, wake up 4 o'clock in the morning. I, I didn't, I haven't been doing that. He's like, okay, I'm going to take something from you real big. He took $1,000 from me two days ago. He said, look, I can, I can, take, I can keep taking it or you're going to keep working for it. I said, okay, I'm going to continue to work. God put you in a place to where he'll take from you, but not because he hates you, not because he dislikes you, not because he don't want to see you work, but he said, this is my power. You got to let let me guide you. See the things through my eyes, through my heart. Trust me. Trust trust, have faith in me, and you will get to the next step. You will get to the next level that you want to be at, but don't follow my way, and you go about it your own way. You're going to see that you're going to be in the in a continuous cycle in your own path okay today he told me i don't care what you say to everyone in this room but you're gonna open your mouth today i didn't know what i was gonna say i didn't know a point i was gonna bring but he said you're gonna talk from the heart and that's what i did thank you the lord is so good he loves us so much you know, one thing I, I believe, like she said, you know, he'll, he'll do things to get your attention, not because he's mad at you, but because he loves you, because he wants to help us to stay on the straight and the narrow. Amen. He didn't want us to get on the broad way and get out there feeling ourselves. Amen. So we thank the Lord. Amen. We just want everyone to continue to pray for Pastor Linda. Amen. Many of you have heard she had an episode today. I'm not today, but this week. You know, and but she's home. She's doing well. Amen. She would have been here, but she needs to get the rest. Yeah. Amen. But on Tuesday, it was said, you know, that she she was at home. I was already here, but she was at at home. And she had a a stroke, 
And she didn't realize what was going on. And so she continued to press on through, stopping, pausing, taking deep breaths, and then press on through, you know. And she came on, went to the store, and buying stuff for the evening to do the, the women's meeting and so forth. You know, and she got through that, taught the lesson, and uh, you know, I told her, said, something ain't right, but she just didn't want to go in. So I said, if, if you ain't straight, you know, we're going to take care of this. So I took her in the next morning, and as they examined her, they began to run the test and do all these things, and, and came to that realization that she had had that stroke, you know, and, and along with it, you know, because of the stroke, she also suffered a mild heart attack. So all this going on, and now, uh, but see, when I step back and I look at the goodness of God, in it, you know, because we've seen many people over the years that we've worked with, dealt with, prayed for, who've had a stroke, amen, and it was devastating. You know, the one side just drooping, speech is lost and slurred and, you know, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything, but she continued to function, amen, and, and even as she described the symptoms, you know, even the the numbness and the weakness on the left side because it was on the right side of the brain. That's why I tell y'all, amen, left-handed people are operating in their right mind. You know, but, you know, she's able to continue to do all these things, you know, and I know it wasn't nothing but God, Thank that, you, God. That, that stopped the symptoms right here. They didn't go no further. You know, even as she was driving and going places and so forth, it was like God watching over. You know, I just think about the goodness of the Lord, amen, that, you know, even the, the, the loss is already being recovered, amen, the strength is coming back in those areas, amen, and, you know, I, you know we can look at the downside, but, you know, I choose, now, let me say it like this, we choose to look at the goodness of the Lord, amen, because even as I was praying, you know, that, that passage comes to mind, all things work together. Sometimes you say, how can this work to the good? Well, see, I might not understand. You know, she might not understand. You might not understand. But God knows how all things. You know, one thing I told her while I was in, in her room because he admitted that she was in there for like four days. And I, I was telling her, see, you're going to preach from this. Well, you know, y'all know Pastor Lynn. She'll, she'll get a message out about out of, just about anything. I said, you're going to preach. She said, I sure am. Amen. So, so y'all better stand by because there's going to be some messages coming out of this journey, amen, that, that we've been going through and will continue to go through for the glory of God. Ain't nobody sad about it. Ain't nobody mad about it. I'm glad that God was on the case and he's still on the case. And we still trust in him, amen, for a complete and total recovery and outcome, amen, that he will continue to get the glory out of our lives. Amen. Sometimes we think, amen, because you're, you're saved or even because you're a pastor, a man, a woman of God, that things don't happen to you. <laughs> That's a bad misnomer. We, we yet human too. Amen. So we thank God. Just pray, amen, because through it all is that she had a spike in her blood pressure, which caused the whole thing. You know, so we're praying for that blood pressure to remain under control. Where, it's, where it needs to be. Amen? So this morning, you know, as we get into this word, I'm going to speak to us about standing on the promises. Amen. Anybody have promises from God? 
in your life, over your life. I'm, I'm not just talking about generic promises to the children of God, but specific promises to you. Things that God has spoken to you somewhere over the years or something that prophesied over you. Amen. Because we, we all can and need to and should claim the promises of God to the children of God. Amen. We should be quick to do that. You know, but when we stop and think about those specific ones that are just for us, we, we, we need to think about, are we standing on those promises or do we let them go? Amen. We're going to release the children. Amen. Go to their classes. Amen. But we thank the Lord that we can stand on the promises because God is what? Yes, he is. Amen. But, in, you know, in, in the world today, you know, that we live, nothing is for sure. Can, 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 can I get an amen on that one? Can, nothing is for sure. Everything is moving so fast and, you know, it, it's hard to keep pace of the changes that are taking place. I mean, even now, you don't know what they say, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. You know, distance, don't distance. Get shot, don't get shot. You know, so, so many different things that are going on right now in today's society, man, that are, are, are moving that you can't, you know, you know you, where do you put your confidence? Where do you put your trust? Where do you put your faith? Who do you believe? You know, this news channel saying this, another one saying something totally different. I mean, they're opposed to one another. Amen. So we don't want to get up and pol- caught up in politics, amen, because our trust is where? In God, amen, because he overrides and overrules it all. But people break their word on every hand, amen. Every time you turn around, amen, they'll break their word to you, and then they'll get mad at you for expecting them to keep that word. I mean, it's just how fickle and, you know, how how crazy the time that we live in is, amen. People, you know, they'll they'll make a promise, and amen, don't, don't hold them to it. More and more people are simply living for today, not making plans or, or purposes or thoughts for tomorrow, just living for the moment, you know, not preparing for, you know, the future, amen, giving no thought for tomorrow. You know, they don't want to make no commitments to themselves and show sure nothing not to anybody else. Especially if they know they're going to be held to or they know they're not going to keep it. So as we talk about the great promise keeper today, Amen. God made us a whole lot of promises. Amen. He laid out a whole lot in his word. Amen. And he is more than able to keep it. As I think about, you know, some of the things that God has promised over the years that have come to pass. I mean, he is he is a he's a definitely a God of his word. Amen. And we we need to really be ready to stand on that. But he is a great promise keeper. Amen. Amen. He's not a man, as the scripture says. Look at Jeremiah 12, I mean 1 and 12. In the King James Version, it says this. Then said, because he was talking to, to Jeremiah, and, and Jeremiah was, was you know, he let the, the Lord let him know, amen, that he would do what he said. He said, amen, he said, Then said the Lord unto me, Thou, shalt, thou hast seeing well seen because he asked him what did you see and Jeremiah was telling him he said you well seen for I will hasten my word to perform it in other words he gonna, he gonna quickly get there to perform that word you gonna, and, and I like how I said it in the Amplified Bible you know as we, we're looking at it he said then he said then said the Lord what's going on here got messages popping up on me 
devices. Then said the Lord to me, you have well seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. Look at I'm alert, I'm active, watching over my word. So even the word that he may have spoken to you specifically, he's watching over that word. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, God don't let his word fall to the ground. You know, he's going he gonna to make sure that that word is, is taken care of. But there's a part that we need to play. Yes. Amen. I think about Deuteronomy in the 28th chapter. You know, that chapter is like 64, 65 verses long. And in the first 14 chapters, he, he, in 14 verses, he, talk, he talks about, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. Amen. And he lays out all these different things. If we would just obey and just do what he's asked us to do, as he was talking to the children of Israel, he said, then I will do this. But then the rest of them verses from 15 to 64 say, but if you don't, those are still promises. You know, he said, if you don't, and then he lays out all the curses and the struggles and the things that are going to come against them because they did not listen to the Lord. And I, I, I liken that unto us because when God promises us something, most oftentimes there's an expectation on our part to trust him, to believe him, to stand on the promises that he has given us. And, you know, if you stand on that promise, when the wind blows, when the struggle comes, you got you to make sure you're planted. Because everything going to come against you to get you to step off that word. You know, everything going to try to stop you from standing on the word that God has given you. Amen. For your life, for your family, for your marriage, for your finances. The devil don't care. He just wants you to stop trusting and believing God. He just wants you to stop holding on. And the message that says it like this. And God said, good eyes. I'm sticking with you. I'll make every word I give you come true. Can we grab hold of that? He said, I'm sticking with you. But in order for him to stick with us, we got to stick with him. Amen. We got to hold on to him. We got to hold on to that word. Amen. Even though the enemy is challenging it. Amen. And trying to get us to, to throw in the towel because the going gets rough sometimes. He said, no, I'm sticking with you. Just hold on. It's going to be all right. I'm, 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 I'm here. He said, I'm active. I, I, I'm hastening to my word to perform it in your life. So what happens when we get that word and sometimes we find ourselves discouraged? We find ourselves, you know, because God is adamant about keeping his word. Amen. He is because, you know, his, his whole rep, if I could use that word concerning God, is based on him keeping his word. Right? And God is not one. Amen. Let's, you know, as we, as we stand and we, and we look at the goodness of God and how, how he moves and does all the things that he does, he's able to do whatever he said. Just by the word. The scripture lets us know, amen, everything that was created was just spoken by a word. And it came to pass. So that lets me know, amen, that God can move instantaneously in your situation. Amen. He, he can move any at any moment that he wants to. So there must be a reason why there, there's a there's a there's a length of time that takes place. Amen. Before some of the promises come to pass. There must be a purpose. Amen. Something that's that, that that's happening. Why he's. If we can say it, delaying. The fulfillment of that word. 
Amen. Because like I said, he's determined. Yes, he is. He, he, as he spoke to Jeremiah, he was adamant and determined. So do you think he would be any less determined to keep his word to us? I don't think so. Amen. I, I think he's going to stand on that. So as we look at amen, just, just to, you know, the, the title helps us, amen, as we, as we look back, understand that sometimes God has already done things in our lives and we missed it. Amen. And, and not to not to something else happens. We look back and say, wait a minute. You ever, you ever miss an obvious blessing of God that you didn't see until hindsight? You know, that he was already on the case and we didn't even recognize it because we was focused on something else. But he's already working that word in our lives, working for us. Amen. Standing on it. Standing in the truth. Amen. Because this, this title takes us right back to standing in truth because God's word is truth his promises are true amen his promises amen help us to understand you know as he was dealing with you know Balak had called the prophet Balaam to curse the people of God because he, he was against them amen so he called the prophet of God and he said I want you to curse them I want you to, to speak against them you know but you know he's a prophet of God how in the world is he going to give a prophecy other than what comes from God Amen. To speak over the people of God. Amen. And, and look in, in Numbers, the 23rd chapter. And, and, and let's see what happened. Amen. As he told him to go and curse them, Balaam had to let Balak know. He said, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he not said and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and it shall not, and he shall not make it good? In other words, he's saying he's already blessed the people. He's already spoken blessings over the people. He's already, you know, chosen the people of Israel. And, and now how can he reverse that? Because he's already blessed them. And, and now, now I want us to, to, to take that home for a minute because has not God spoken over your life? Has not God blessed you? Has God not chosen you? So we already know that he's not a man that he should lie. Or the son of man that he should repent. Amen. But he spoke it over you and he's able to bring it to pass. The enemy comes to try to steal that word, steal that hope, steal that faith or that unbelief. I mean, that belief. Amen. But God is, his word is good. Amen. You know what I'm saying? They say you can take it to the bank. Amen. That, that word is good. It's going to come back. But what is it that causes the delay? What is it that's happening, amen, that, that seems like something is negating that word so it's not able to, to happen in our lives? You see, we got we to gotta continue to believe him. We got to continue to stand on the word that he's given us. Through the struggles, through the trials, you know, I say, so why, why do God's people, amen, yet fail to receive the promises of God sometimes? It might seem too far-fetched, uh -huh. right? More than you can even imagine. And he already lets us know, you know, eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard, you know, neither can we, you know, imagine in the hearts the things that he's prepared for. So the things he's got in store for us, not just now, but even in the, the life to come. 
Amen. In eternity is more than, than we can even phantom. But I'm just focusing on the now, the here. We got to look at. So I, I want to touch on a couple of different stories, you know, to help us to see, amen, how we as God's people, you know, we, we, we kind of miss the mark at times. Amen. Because we're not understanding God's timing. We, you know, we, we live in a microwave world. Amen. Right? We want everything right now. Quick, fast, in a hurry. We had a choice between a convection, con conventional oven and a microwave. Which one are you going to pick? Y'all know. Y'all know how that convection it take, it take too long to preheat. Use up too much energy. You know, and then when you put the food in, you still got to wait and wait. 20 minutes. Depending on what you're making, it might be up to an hour. But that microwave. Woo! And, and don't let it be a convection microwave. Oh, oh yeah, we're going to get it quick. It's going to be good. But see, God said God is doing some slow roasting. Huh? Yeah, yeah, crock pot stuff. That's right. He's he doing some slow roasting in our lives. Because he, he wants it, you know, he wants to get all the, the, the ingredients and the spices to, to really blend. You know, sometimes the microwave can't give you no crock pot flavor. Huh? It, it, it can't give you no, no, no good, you know, roast out of a microwave. It takes time to really tenderize a piece of meat under the right heat and the right conditions. And sometimes God is still trying to tenderize our hearts. He's still trying to get something in us. Amen. So that we can be able to stand when the struggle comes. But we, we want it quick. But quick ain't going to do it because you get it quick and you go out there and you lose it quick. Right? So he's trying to help us, amen, to learn how to, to slow simmer in his word. And just let it do what it needs to do. Don't jump out the pot. Let God do what he won't do. But the first one we want to look at is Abraham. Uh, Abram, amen, he was a man that God spoke to and he called him for a specific purpose. Amen. And Abram was quick to believe God and to trust God and to obey God. Amen. But there came a time in Abram's life then when things was taking too long. Because God made him a promise. So let's look here in Genesis 15, starting at verse number one. You know, he dealt with Melchizedek, all these things. But he said, after these things, the, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and said, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Listen to that. He said, don't be afraid. I'm your shield. I'm your great reward. You know, Abraham is receiving that, okay? All right, yeah, yeah. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I am childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer uh, of Damascus? He said, now this do him because I don't have my own son. And, and, and Abram said, behold to, behold, to me, thou hast given no seed, and lo, 
one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. Okay. Because Abraham, he's looking, well, I just have to let my servant be my heir because I ain't got no kids. But the Lord is saying, you know what? No, he ain't going to be the one. He said, this shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward the heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Now he said, look to the stars. And if you can count the stars, if you can number the stars, this is how your seed going to be. How many of us can count the stars? You know, there's another place when he talked to him, he said, you know, look at the sand of the sea. He said, your number shall be, your, your seed shall be greater than he. So, so he, he's letting you know, you're going to have a seed. And he made it very clear that it's going to come from your bowels. Yeah. It ain't going to be a surrogate. Uh-huh. It's going to be your DNA. Yeah. Uh-huh. Amen. It's going to come down. So, so, so time went by and nothing happened. Amen. Abram got a promise. He got a wife. Nothing's happened. You know, so we, you know how we are. We, we sometimes, anybody here, just, no, don't raise your hand. If, if we ever tried to help God. Yeah, that's, why, that's why I say don't tell on yourself. You know, we, we try to help God bring the promise to pass. So we get to the very next chapter in the 16th chapter of Genesis, starting at verse number one. Now, Sarah, Sarah, I. Abram's wife bare him no children. And she had an handmaid, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained. Now see, she blamed it on God. But God know what he's doing. Uh, he, he got this whole situa- situation under control. He said, she said, He hath restrained me from bearing. And I pray thee, go in unto my maid, it may be that I may obtain children by her. Now, see, y'all thought surrogacy was something they came up with, you know. <laughs> but they've been trying that for years. So, so I'm going to get children by her. And Abraham hearkened unto the voice of his wife. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, his maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband and Abram to be his wife. Been 10 years waiting, waiting, waiting. So she said, okay, just take Hagar. She can be your second wife and we, we can get children to her. So, so this still in a way, you know how we, we, we rationalize things? Well, it's still his seed. It's still his DNA. All right, all right. So this must be the way God going to do it. But that ain't what God told him. God didn't tell him to go get no substitute. God didn't tell him to try to manipulate or, or hurry the process. 
as, as he and his wife begin to get impatient. So look what happened when they decide to do it their way. Trouble begins. See, if God do it, there ain't going to be no trouble. Huh? What's the word say about the blessings of the Lord? Amen. They, they come and they, they create no sorrow. Right? So, so when we look at this, amen, we see what began to happen here. Amen. And he went in unto Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. See, trouble in the house. Already. Now, now she, she done got pregnant. And now she's looking down on Sarah, despising her, you know, walk around, <laughs> look at me. Uh-huh. Yeah, she, you know, she's just getting all boastful and proud, and Sarah feeling worse and worse, amen. And Sarah said unto Abraham, my wrong be upon thee. What just happened here? You told me. To, to, to get with her. This was your idea. You pushed it forward. Not that he resisted. Right. Uh-huh. No, that's to be real. Right, right. But what she said, my wrong be on thee, not but it's a, now it's all his fault. Well, let me leave that alone before I get some of these women stirred up in here. She, she, just, just, just to blame the whole thing on him. Didn't take no ownership. On her part, you know, my, my, my wrong be on thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she, was, when she saw that she was, had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. And the Lord judged between me and thee. Now let the Lord figure out who's right and wrong here. Both of y'all wrong. Because you got impatient. You're trying to help God. Think about the times you tried to help God. Anybody in here try to help God along and, and, and come up with a scheme or come up with a plan, amen, to, to get things moving because you believe that's what God wants, so you're going to help God make it happen? You know, you're going to try to change that person instead of let God work on that person? Because believe it or not, while he's working on that person, he's working on you too. He's teaching you some patience. He's teaching you some faith. He's teaching you some endurance. But you don't want to wait because God taking too long to change him or change her. So I got to help God out. Help us, Lord. So let the Lord judge between me. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it please thee. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her face. In other words, she took what he said. Not she. She just getting hard. I, 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 I'm the I'm the first wife. I'm the the one in charge. You know, she started coming down hard on her. So Sarah took off. I mean, not Sarah, but Hagar took off. But look what happened. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way of Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai, thy maid, whence cometh thou? Sarai's maid, whence cometh thou? And whither wilt thou go? Where are you coming from? And moreover, where are you going? Yeah. You know, because again, no one told her to leave except 
Abraham's wife, who was mad. But look, you know, this is interesting because when we mess up, God still got something going on. He still got something in the scene. So, so look what the angel says to her. You know, where are you going to go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hand. In other words, go back. Stop being so proud and boastful and, and despising her and humble yourself. Submit yourself under her hand. Amen. Get back in place, in position. Amen. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael. Ishmael means the Lord heareth. He heard her cry. So he said, Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction and he will be, now hear what this is saying. He will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Abraham birthed an Ishmael. And we use that because sometimes we birth something that we don't want. You know, we, 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 this, is, this is a result of our doing, not God's doing. And then we, now we got to deal with the consequences. And I don't know if y'all understand the consequences, you know, of what he's saying in this verse about he's going to be a wild man and the hand, his hand's going to be against every man and every man's hand against him. Let me give you a little background real quick. Ishmael was a progenitor or the father in history of the Arabian people. Okay. And as we begin to look at the world's stage, even today, who are we dealing with in terrorism? All right. You know, when we begin to look at, you know, all these things that are going on, amen, and the, the warfare that's continuing, even with the, the current withdrawal out of Iraq, amen, and all the things that's happening there, do you not know we're, we're here, okay, we done lost another war. But the things going on over there have been going on for so long, the British tried and they failed to turn things around over there. <laughs> it's funny when I think about it, because we, we think as Americans we can fix anything. Yeah, we do. We, we think, but, but even, you know, the Russians tried and they failed. And we've been over there, we've had our, our troops over there for 20 years. And it still hasn't worked. And they said it might take 90 days. It's taken less than <laughs> nine days for them to just about take the whole country back. Because they're not dealing with just a, 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 a people that just want something. They're dealing with an ideology. They're dealing with a religious ideology that they will not give up. I don't care how many people come against them, how long they come against them. They want what they want. And Al-Qaeda and all of them are going to do what they want. And, and Ishmael, he said, a wild man. And they'll go against anybody. And a whole lot of people is against them. Does that not line up with the word of God? What he's already said? See, so when we deal with, you know, when we birth an Ishmael, what are we really loosing in the world? What are we really loosing in our lives, amen? When we choose to, to take it and do it our way rather than waiting on God, 
It may take a while. I mean, it's been 10 years and we still ain't had this child. You know, when he had Ishmael, he was 86 years old. He still didn't get his promised son until he was 100. When he was, when he was born, Ishmael was 13 years old already. So even after this mistake, he still had to wait. And how many of us know how many times we, we jumped out there and did it on our own, amen, because we didn't wait on God standing on his promise no matter how long it takes. This is what God said. And I'm going to trust him, but now we step off and we try to do it on our own way because we're not standing on the promises. And now we're going to burst some stuff into our life that now we got to deal with for a long time. That would have been a whole lot easier if we had just stood on the word. Let him work that patience in us, that faith in us, amen, so that now we could be able to receive what he had without any kind of regrets because we've trusted him and we believed him. Ishmael was a problem. Amen. But God said, I'm I'm going to use this. And it's been going on and on and on. Because God has to move like God wants to move. And and he's going to use somebody just like he used. Watch what I'm about to say. Just like he used Judas. He's going to use somebody to do the dirty work. He's going to use somebody to get our attention. He's going to use somebody, amen, to be on the opposing side. Amen. So we don't we understand that everything ain't easy. But through it, amen, we're going to learn some things and we're going to grow, amen, as the Lord desires for us to grow. Amen. And the other story I want to touch on just real quick here is contrary to this one, amen, because we we begin to see on the other side, when you wait on God, when you trust God, when you really stand on his word, you can claim the promises. You can receive everything that he has for you, amen, and finally, you know, be able to walk out on that. So we begin to look over in, in, in the book of Joshua. Amen. There was two young men, just as you can take you back a little bit, two young men when the Lord sent the spies into the promised land when they first came out of Egypt. When the Israelites first came out of Egypt, he sent the spies up, amen, to, to spy out the land. And he sent a, a, a man from every tribe. Twelve went, twelve came back, amen. They came back carrying you know, the spoils of the land. They had the grapes that, you know, it took two men to carry one cluster. They said the land flowed with milk and honey. I mean, it sounds good. This is beautiful. This is a promised land. But two of them said, we can do this. But the other 10 began to say, but all these good things there, but sometimes we got to get the but out the way, you know. They said, but there, there's giants. In the land. You know, there's the Perizzites and the Hittites and the Amorites and all these ites are in the land. You know, so, so they begin to look at the problem whether more than the, the promise. And they stepped off the promise, amen, and they start dwelling in the problems. Amen. So therefore, they, 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 they troubled the heart of the people and they decided we're not going to go in. But even though Joshua, the son of Jephani, and Caleb, the son of Nun, they stood up and they said, we are well able. Because they knew God promised this is our promised land. God is with us. We are well able to go in and possess the land. But the majority won. Let me tell you something about going with the majority. <laughs> the majority ain't always right. Sometimes you got to stand by yourself. 
When you know what God said and you're standing on the promises of God, you may have to stand by yourself. But you need to stand on that promise. So, so we're looking here in the book of Joshua. He said, then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephani, the, the Kenizzite, said unto him, now look, they, they've come. Now this is when the children of Israel have come, amen, and they, they've gone through the promised land. Now it's came time for them to divide up the land, divide up the property, divide up the spoils to the tribes so everyone knows where they're, what they're getting, their inheritance. And as they're going through this, look what Caleb says, amen. He said, thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me and the in Kadesh Barnea. He's taking them way back. He said he's going back 45 years. He's going back that far saying, know what the Lord said to me when we first started this journey. Because remember, they spent 40 years in the wilderness. Amen. Then they spent another five years fighting, amen, to, to drive out the inhabitants of the land so they could be able to divide up the spoils. So here's 45 years later, he's remembering the promise. Because in order for him to receive that promise, the, it was told him that this, you'll inherit this, this, this land, this mountain, but you can't have it now. You still got to go with the rest because his was just over Jordan. He said, I like this. This is good. You know, but he said, but you still got to go fight for the rest. You got to go help your brothers and sisters receive their blessing. And then you can come back and get this. So that was his promise. And so he's reminding, he's reminding Moses. And, he, you know, I mean, not Moses, but he's reminding him. This is what Joshua, he's telling him. This is what the Lord said unto me through Moses. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land and I brought him a word again as it was in my heart remember he said we are well able but they got shot down by the majority nevertheless my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt but I wholly followed the Lord my God See, they caused it because of the ites See, I followed and Moses swear on that day saying, surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. So he said, because you followed him, this is your inheritance. But you still got to go with everybody else. You got to fight. You got to wait until everybody else will ever get there, then you can come back. So he had to journey through the wilderness. He had to go through all that, although he stood on the word of God. He had to go through all that time, that 40 years and the five years. And I, I, I love how he, he, he's reminding them, this was my promise. This was my motivation to keep fighting, to keep standing, to keep believing, even though I'm going through because of other folks. I'm remembering my promise. Even though they didn't believe, I'm remembering the promise that was given. See, when I talk about standing on the promise, I'm not talking about for a couple of days. See, Caleb was standing on that promise for four and a half decades, believing that God will keep his word. 
Come on, how, how, how many decades you been waiting? Oh, we, ain't, we ain't got there yet, right? Okay, but he said, It shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord, that my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Yeah. I love this man. You know, just his, his whole mindset. As he said, these 40 and 5 years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, he's kept me alive. While the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day four score, that's 80, a score is 20 for those who don't know, four score and five years old. He said, I'm 85 years old now. And he's still believing the promise. Now, look, look, look he, he, he didn't stop there. He said, I'm four score and five years, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so my strength is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Here's his word now. Now, therefore, Give me this mountain whereunto the Lord spake in that day. He said, give me my mountain. I've done what I needed to do. I've stood on the word. I'm claiming my promise. Give me my... See, see, uh, 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 have we got to the place where we can claim our promise because we've stood? Because we've endured? Because we've held on? Because we believe God through the ups and the downs, the struggles and the problems? Amen. When, when the manna was coming and when there wasn't no manna, we still believe God? Thank See, he's been through all that. And he's saying, I'm stood on the promise. That promise just solidified him, his faith. Amen. And what God had said, the promise that God, he said, I'm claiming this land. No, y'all don't want to go over, but he went right back to that same land where they found the milk and honey. The same land where the grapes were so big, amen, that two men had to bear one cluster. That same land, amen, that they espied out. He said, this is mine. Y'all didn't want it. I may have had to wait another 40 and five years and deal with all y'all and y'all complaining and whining in the wilderness, amen, and getting mad at, at Moses and doing all these things. But all the while, he's sitting back thinking about them some good grapes. Them some big grapes. Think about, you know, I can't wait to get back to the, that milk and honey over there. See, that, that promise sustained him. That belief in, and that promise held him no matter what was going on against him. This is how God wants us to be. He wants us to be able to stand on the promise, amen, no matter what the enemy is throwing against us. No matter what our circumstances are looking like, remember what God said. See, because he had Moses let him know this is for you. And he didn't just do it for him, but he said, for your children forever. I'm standing not just for me, but I want my kids to benefit. I want to be able to pass this down to them little rascals so they can be able to receive the promises of God too. So it ain't just about me. I'm standing on that word, and I, I, I just love how, how Caleb made that decision early, and it carried him through for 45 years. See, we need to have something we're holding on to, y'all. Something that we believe in God for. He said, now therefore, give me this mountain where until the Lord spake in that day. For thou 
heardest in that day how the, the Anakins were there and that the cities were great and fenced. So if the Lord be with me, hear what he said now. He said, there's some great walled cities, there's some big peoples, amen. But if the Lord be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Do we get it? The promises of God are for us because God is for us. And he wants us to rise above the struggles and rise above those things and not just rise above them. But remember what I was saying on last week? Hey Amen. We don't, we don't want to just go through it. We want to grow through it. We want to get stronger. We want to get more determined. We want to get better. We want to learn so that we can help somebody else and, and, and pass down a good legacy, amen, to those that are following us, those that are watching us, our children that are trusting, amen, that, that we have their best interest at heart like God has our best interest at heart. Knowing that I don't want to pass down no mess, but I want to pass down the blessings of the Lord. I want to pass down the strength as I stand through my struggles, as I stand through my trials, as we go through the things that we had to deal with this week, I want to be able to pass down that, hey, you can still stand. You can still trust God. You can still believe God because he knows what he's doing. This whole thing with my wife, didn't, it didn't catch God by surprise. Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, not, not the one that creates, amen, that, that, that gives us life and gives us strength and help. And it didn't catch him by surprise. But he said all things. So I got to believe that. Because that's a promise. All things work together. See, sometimes we want to, you know how it is, you get somebody's recipe and you start tweaking it. You want to add this. And you want to take that out. But no, if you want the original thing, you got to stick to the recipe. See, so God got a recipe for my life. And some of them ingredients are bitter. Some of them are dry. You know, but when you put the milk in, you can drink a cup of milk and enjoy it. But you can't eat flour by itself and enjoy it. No, not most people. But if we would just grab hold of what he's saying. You know, I was, you know, I, you know, I said not most people because I, I was thinking about this, this one thing I seen on, on, on TV. 